All right. Hey, as you know, we just started a new series in the book of Ephesians called Kingdom Kids. And I want to make mention that if you've missed any of this series on, on any of the sermons, they're all posted on our website at realityventura.com. As you know, last Sunday, Billy taught on verse 4 that God chose us in Christ. And today I'll be teaching on verses 5 and 6 of Ephesians chapter 1. For the sake of context, I'm going to be reading verses 3 through 6 from the Christian Standard Bible, the CSB, which says, Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ. For he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in love before him. And now today's verses. He predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ for himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he lavished on us in the beloved one. Would you join me in prayer? Father God in heaven, in light of these eternal, mind-blowing, radical truths, God, I ask your anointing upon me in communicating them. I declare before my friends that apart from you, I can do nothing. And I ask your grace to help me right now. I ask, God, that your word would go out in demonstration of the Spirit's truth, illuminating the minds of your sons and your daughters, stirring their affections, that they would know that they are a child of God this morning. So God, anoint your truth. Use it for your glory. Use it for the joy of your sons and daughters. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the title of this morning's sermon is Destined to Belong. We as people have a lot of needs, legitimate needs. One of the most basic needs that we all have is the need for belonging. It's one of the most basic, legitimate human needs. We have this need because God created us for belonging. We were created to belong. An expression of this back in the garden is God saying about man, it isn't good for man to be alone. Man needed someone to belong to. This basic human need of belonging was at the ordination of God back at creation. Yet one of the saddest feelings in the world is that when you don't belong, when you feel that you don't belong, and or the feeling that your life is going nowhere. You're alive, but you feel like there's no point in being alive. You get a little daydream, a little flicker of what it might be like to be part of something really great and really valuable, and what it might be like to have a significant part in it. But then you wake up. 
And everything looks so small and insignificant and pitiful and out of the way and unknown and pointless. Have you ever felt this way? We were not made to live without a destiny. We were made to be sustained by a meaningful and purposeful future. We were made to be strengthened each day by this assurance, this confidence that what is happening in our lives today, no matter how mundane and ordinary, is really a significant step towards something great and good and beautiful tomorrow. When that connection breaks down between my present life and a great and good and beautiful destiny, I have three choices. One, I can stop living, either figuratively or literally. Or two, I can numb myself with alcohol or drugs or television or pornography or romance novels or computers or frantic work or frantic play. Or three, I can seek to reestablish the connection by finding what my true destiny really is. I use the word destiny simply to connect this tremendous cry of the human heart with the word predestination in today's text found in verse 5. Billy taught on verse 4 last Sunday, which says, God chose us in Him before the foundation of the world. Today we take up verse 5. God predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ for Himself according to the good pleasure of His will. What the text in Ephesians 1 is trying to convey is the radical love of God that tells us in the verse we looked at last week and the verse that we are looking at this week that God loves us and chose us in Christ from before the foundations of the world that we would belong to Him, to God through Christ. So what I want to establish in your hearts this morning, you who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and count Him, and count him your Master, your Savior, and your hope, I want to establish in your hearts an assured destiny a great and good and beautiful future so that you don't ever have to sob over empty days or scream over futility or throw yourself on the wires because there is no future worth living for. And the way I want to establish this destiny in your heart and make it firm is by first showing you two things in this text. The goal of your destiny and the foundation of your destiny. First, let's focus our attention on the goal of our destiny. What are we destined for? Verse 5 gives part of the answer. God predestined us to be His children. Our destiny from before the creation of the world was to become the children of God. The children of God. 
And the difference between predestination, which is mentioned in verse 5, and election or choosing, which is mentioned in verse 4, is that election refers to God's freedom in choosing whom he will predestine. Predestination refers to the goal or destiny for which he chose them. So election is God's choosing whom he will, and predestination is God's determination that they will become his children. When God chose you, he had a purpose, and so he predestined that purpose to come about, namely that you would become a child of God, that you would be part of his family, that you would become an heir of all that God owns, that you would take on the family likeness. Your destiny to be God's children is mentioned again in verse 5. He predestined us to be his children. And one meaning of that, the family likeness, is mentioned at the end of verse 4. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Why? For what destiny? That we should be holy and blameless before him in love. That's the practical content of our destiny as God's children. We are destined to take on the character of God, our Father. The character of holiness and blamelessness. That's our destiny. This is who you are in Christ. So now let your actions reflect what is already true about you. God predestined us to be his children And that means he destined us to be like him, to be holy, to be blameless. That is to live in love to each other and to all men. Your destiny is to be holy as your father is holy. And that means that your very essence is to love. For God, your father, is love. You are predestined to be like your father. So to live in love and to walk in love is part of your destiny. That's your identity as sons and daughters of the living God. And in our new identity, we are not living for holiness and blamelessness, but we are living from a place of holiness and blamelessness before him in love. Now let's consider briefly the foundation of your destiny. We've seen the goal. Now let's look at the ground or foundation of your destiny. In verse 5, Paul says, God predestined us to be adopted as sons through through Jesus Christ for himself. That means that when God chose you before the foundation of the world, he predestined you to be his holy, blameless, loving child. He also predestined his son to die for you. The foundation of your destiny is not only that the son of God died for you, but that God planned it that way from the very beginning. So the foundation of our destiny to be holy and blameless in love as God's children 
is the death of Jesus in our place. So if you're trusting in Jesus Christ this morning, the roots of your life were planted in the eternal counsels of God, and the branches of your life are growing into an absolutely sure and glorious future with God. There are no unimportant days in your life. You don't ever have to go to bed at night feeling that your life is going nowhere. You don't ever have to give in to the lie that you are not connected to an awesome purpose. For God chose you in Christ before the foundation of the world that you might be holy and blameless before Him in love. He predestined you to sonship through Jesus Christ for Himself according to the good pleasure of His will to the praise of the glory, to the praise of the glory of His grace. And predestination, it's important, in light of the truth of this text, is the shout that reverberates through all of prehistory and history and eternity of God's love for you. Where God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Before the world was made, I called you my own. You are mine. That is what God says in predestination. Now, as it pertains to God chose us before the foundation of the world, and God predestined us to be His children, it's important that we see this transaction happened through adoption. As our text says, in love, He predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ for Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace that He lavished on us in the Beloved One. There are three things I want to point out from this passage, from this text, about God's adopting us. Number one, adoption is from God. So first, adoption is from Him. It's from God. In love... He predestined us for adoption. So adoption was part of God's plan. It was His idea. It was His purpose. It was not an afterthought. He didn't discover one day that against His plan and foreknowledge, humans had sinned and orphaned themselves in the world and then came up with this idea of adopting them into His family. No. Paul says... He predestined us to adoption. God planned it. Remember, to predestine means to decide in advance. God decided in advance before He spoke the world into creation. Before you did anything good, before I did anything good, God decided in advance that you would be His. That he would adopt you and bring you into his own family and bring you to himself through Jesus. That is a radical truth that should cause all of us to be in awe of the love of God. That before any of us did anything good, that God decided in advance 
that he would adopt us and bring us into his family and we would be his very own. Did you just hear that truth? Are you a son or daughter of God? Are you a child of God? That is something to rejoice in and say yes and amen to. That is a truth for all of you this morning. If you are a son and, or a daughter of the living God, that is a truth specifically for you. And if anything comes about through this message, I pray that the Holy Spirit of God would enlighten and illuminate and make that truth so radically true for you that you would leave with great joy today knowing and having the assurance that you are a child of God. From the New Testament writers, predestination is simply the way of saying that our whole salvation from beginning to end is a work of God. He chose in advance and he carried it out. So we are brought into close relationship with God through his son, through his son, choosing through Christ, that he loved us even before we ever existed. It can't be that he loves you or loves me because we were lovable. That can't be why. Because before you ever existed, before we ever existed, God chose us. God chose you. God's love for you and its expression in your adoption into his eternal family reaches back to eternity. You were predestined to be adopted. Before the foundation of the world, he predestined you to be his child. You were predestined to belong. Therefore, your adoption is not based on your fitness, your worth, your distinctives. Your adoption is rooted in God's eternal purpose and grace. And that means that your adoption is not fragile or tenuous or uncertain. God will not adopt and then find out that you are not worthy and unadopt. He knows we are unworthy. And He chose us and He predestined us for adoption. This is firm and sure and unshakable. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes and amen. Number two. Adoption is through Jesus Christ. We see in verse 5, in love he predestined us for adoption through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace. I touched on this briefly when speaking on the ground or foundation of your destiny, but now I want to unpack this important truth in verse 5 a little more. We are adopted through Jesus Christ. What does that mean? It means that to be adopted by God, we had to be purchased by the death of Christ. As it says in verse 7 of Ephesians 1, In Him, Christ, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace. So before the foundation of the world God saw that we'd be sinners 
and planned the death of his son so that our sins could be forgiven and God's wrath removed Though that, through that so that we could be adopted and through that we were adopted. Adoption was costly and we should have a, a real understanding of that. It cost the father his son and the son his life. And we must keep before us in light of this truth that the main thrust of this concept of adoption is belonging. And employing this metaphor, what Scripture wants to communicate is tell you that through Christ, when you repent of your sins and put your faith in Him, you have ultimate belonging. Ultimate belonging. Belonging that supersedes every human relationship. And that is greater than every fear of rejection. Adoption speaks of belonging. If it means anything, it means that we belong. The text says that he adopted us into his own family. Not speaking of humanity in general, but into his own family. He brings us to himself, into an intimate relationship through Jesus Christ so that we know that we belong. And the gloriousness of this prior to us ever being saved by Jesus, before we were saved, we need to understand that we didn't belong. Note two clear implications of this. Not all people are God's adopted children. Not all people are children of God. The blood of Christ covers the sins of all who believe, as it says in Romans 3.25. Therefore, believers in Jesus are adopted and no others. If we talk about God being the Father of all mankind, we speak very loosely and are not talking truly about those who are saved. Yes, God is the creator of all mankind, but we only come into relationship with him as father by believing in Jesus. Some of you today don't belong. Not that you don't belong here today. We are glad you are here today, but you don't belong to God. You see, humanity wants to think we are all children of God. This is a popular mantra, right? We are all children of God. And we use it in all sorts of ways in today's culture. But actually, the Bible declares that we are all, the Bible declares that we are all children of, doesn't declare that we are all children of God. In fact, the Bible teaches that we are children of wrath, not children of God. The Bible teaches that we are all, or at one time we are all, enemies of God. At one time we were all outsiders, living apart from, excluded, far away, without God and without hope. We were actually abandoned. We are not cute little orphans that God was attracted to. We were enemies in rebellion against God. That is who God decided before the foundation of the world to adopt. 
Here's another radical and glorious truth. If you are a son or a daughter, the living God, that at one time when you were an enemy of God, when you were in rebellion against God, that God chose you before the foundations of the world that you would be His, that you would be a child of God and that He would adopt you. That is... Wow. I mean, how many of us truly love our enemies? That is only a work of God for us to love our enemies and do good to our enemies. But God, in His amazing, unconditional love for you, He chose you when you were an enemy, when you were in rebellion. He decided to adopt you. Romans 5, 6 says, For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. Romans 5.10 says, While we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son. John 1.12 says, Yet to all who did receive Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. To those who believed in Jesus and received Jesus through faith and repentance, to them was given the right to belong, to become children of God, to be adopted. As I just said a moment ago, that not all of you this morning belong. But you can belong. You can belong today by believing and receiving Jesus through faith and repentance. God the Father, in His love, wants you to know that truth today. For anyone who is not a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, today is the day to belong. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. And so I encourage you, if that's you this morning, just cry out to God. Just say, God, save me. Have mercy on me. I'm a sinner, but now I know your love. I accept you. I receive you. I believe in you. You can say it in the quietness of your heart right now in your chair. Today is the day of salvation. You can belong to Him today. So our adoption is not based on our being worthy or cute or good. It is based on the free and sovereign grace and love of God planned before the world and bought for us by the blood of Christ. Number three, adoption is for God's glory. So third, the goal of your adoption is that the glory of God's grace would be praised. You see that in verses five and six. He predestined us for adoption through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace. God adopted us in our unworthiness to make His grace look great. I want to say that one more time. It's important for us to know that God adopted us in our unworthiness to make His grace look look great. You were adopted for the praise of the glory of His grace. And let it be that we all give Him praise. 
that we all glorify Him with our lives and our worship of our lives because He deserves that. I mean, God does, deserves that praise from us and us recognizing, wow, how would God save such a wretch like me? What amazing love. What amazing grace. It is. It is mind-blowing. It is. I'm in awe. Now I'd like to take these three truths about adoption. And I want to bring these three truths closer to home. With one of the greatest joys for my wife and myself. And that is the adoption of our youngest of five children, our daughter Talia. It was 10 years ago, this past July 20th, that we were standing in an Orange County courtroom with our family and our closest friends. That for me personally was one of the most profound and powerful experiences in my, of my whole life. When the lawyer turned and he addressed us directly and he said, Today you are asking the court to add the final order for adoption. If the court enters that order, in the eyes of the law, Talia will have all the same rights, claims, and benefits as if she were naturally born. Do you understand? And among those rights and benefits include being a full heir to you. When Kelly and I said we understand and accept the final order of adoption, then the judge declared Talia to be our daughter by reading her new full legal name. Talia Grace Amico. And then he hit the gavel on his desk. At that moment, when the judge hit his gavel on his desk, it was finalized. It was a done deal. Talia was transferred legally from orphan to our child, from abandonment to belonging. And in the same way for us spiritually speaking, when we were adopted by God the Father, we were transferred from orphan to child, from abandonment to belonging, from rejected to accepted, from forsaken to chosen, from darkness to light, from hopelessness to hope, from slavery to freedom, from sin to righteousness, from enemy to friend, from death to life. Just as if God the Father said, Tino Rico, Son of God. Leanna Klein, 
daughter of God. Bradley Seltzer, son of God. Robin Volpe, daughter of God. Brad Warren, son of God. Paul Suji, son of God. This is true for all of you today who are children of God. If I had the time, I would love to do this gavel for every one of you by name. But guess what? If you're a son of God, God already did it. It's already been finalized. It's already been finalized. It's a done deal. It's a done deal. You're his son. You're his daughter. You are a child of God. It's a done deal. You belong to him. You belong to him. For me personally, as I heard the words from the lawyer and the final words of the judge reading our daughter Talia's new full legal name and then hitting his gavel on his desk, as I stood there and listened to the legal proceedings and took this very powerful experience, this very powerful reality, my mind couldn't help but begin to wander. And I could only hear him talking about myself when it came to my spiritual adoption. I was born a spiritual orphan, hungry, crying, and helpless. In fact, it was even worse than that. Paul writes to the church in Ephesus and says that we were dead. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. This was our condition. We deserve nothing but the wrath of God for our rebellion and following the course of this world. As it says in Ephesians 2, we were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Before Christ, we were in fact children, but we were children of wrath. But then something happened. God reached into our hearts And he took that which was dead and he breathed life into it. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with with which he loved us, even when we are dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together in Christ. God made us alive. Yes. God took something completely dead and breathed life into it and made us alive in Christ. But God didn't just raise us to new life. He could have stopped right there. And that would have been enough to praise Him for eternity. But there was more for Him to do. Not only did He predestine to save us, But in love, he predestined us for adoption through Jesus Christ.
this holy God not only reached down into the depths of his creation to save us, but then also adopted us. And in that adoption, we now have all the same rights, the same claims, and the same benefits as his son. What the lawyers said in that courtroom is just as true for you if you are a Christian this morning. It is just as true for you as a son or daughter. And among those rights and benefits includes being a full heir to the Father. Wow. Paul writes almost these exact words in Romans 8, 16 and 17. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs of Christ. Stop for a moment and understand the gravity for that reality in your life. If you are a Christian, then God has made you his child. God has made you an heir. Stop for a moment and think about the gravity of that reality. J.I. Packer furthers this when he writes, You sum up the whole New Testament teaching in a single phrase if you speak of it as the revelation of the fatherhood of the Holy Creator. For everything that Christ taught, everything that makes the New Testament new and better than the old, everything that is distinctively Christian as opposed to merely Jewish, is summed up in the knowledge of the fatherhood of God. Father is the Christian name for God. The beauty of a family adopting a child, and there are many families in this church who have adopted children, can help us remember the truth that we were all once orphans with no hope. No hope. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, has made us alive and adopted us as his very own. We were all born orphans, but in Christ, we are fatherless no more. We now have a loving Heavenly Father whom we belong to. There are specific people in here this morning that need to know that truth. Maybe you didn't have a father. Maybe you were abandoned by your father. Maybe you had a a horrible father. You need to know this morning that you have a loving heavenly father whom you belong to forever and ever and ever. You are his. You are his son. You are his daughter. You are his adopted children. And so in light of this amazing truth, 
Our identity can no longer be formed by fear of abandonment or rejection. Our self-understanding can no longer be that I don't belong. I've been rejected. I've been excluded. Those things may be true in the human realm, but they are not what is most true about you. What is most true about you is that you are chosen. You are loved. You are predestined. And you have been adopted. And God rejoices over you because you belong to him. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty Savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. He is rejoicing over you this morning with joyful songs. Let's close in prayer. Father God in heaven, wow. Your amazing love from the beginning throughout eternity is so mind-blowing. God, that you, before the foundations of the earth, would predestine us to be your sons and daughters, that you adopted us, that you brought us to yourself, that you brought us to your, into your family. I pray, God, specifically for all your sons and daughters this morning that they would know without a shadow of a doubt that they belong to you. It's, it's a done deal. It's finalized. They can rejoice this morning that their names are written in the land's book of life. And I pray, God, specifically for those who don't belong to you. Holy Spirit of God, you came to convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. You came to reveal the beauty and salvation of Jesus Christ, your Son. And Holy Spirit, you're the one that draws a man or a woman or a child to the Father. Holy Spirit, draw many this morning to yourself. I pray many would get saved today, that many would become sons and daughters, that many would come into your family this morning. Draw them to yourself, O oh God. God, pour out your peace. Pour out your blessing. God, let your sons and daughters know, even now, you rejoice over them with singing. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I just want to encourage you, my brothers and sisters, in light of these truths, this is a great day to take communion. This is an awesome day to take the bread and remember the broken body of Christ on, for you. And to take the cup and remember the blood of Christ that Remove the wrath of God and covers all of your sins. Come to the carpet and be still and know that he is God. Receive his love. Be reminded of his love this morning. And the prayer team is on my right and on my left. If you need prayer for anything, come and, and just receive prayer. We are here to pray for you. 
So let's now just enter into worship and respond to the living God.